Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Gordhead. And welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. This is Jerry, your star of the show. This is not our 100th episode. This is me being isolated, talking through Skype or Google Hangout or whatever type of technology Gobby is using to record this podcast. Hey, our host, Gobby. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, what's up? Hey, see, there he is. There He's I there. am. He's more than six feet away from me. You can't You're see actually, me, but here I am. You're actually like 52 miles away from me. 52 miles feels like a thousand, and I would walk 500 miles. I'm a thousand miles from nowhere. If you know who sung that song without Google, Carlton. It, who? Vanessa Carlton? No, no. A thousand miles from nowhere? Time don't matter to me. A thousand miles from nowhere? Her. Let me just yeah. think about it for just don't, a second. You think about it. Don't be Googling uh, that. Don't be I'm Googling that. On. I'm thinking about it. Oh. It's one of my favorite country singers. My only country singer that I like. I don't See, like country. If I were I like to guess, guy. I'd say Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. Boom. I love that man. He I'm is a thousand ugly. miles He's... from nowhere. Time don't matter to me. But time does matter to me. Oh, uh, I do love Dwight Yoakam. You do? Dwight Yoakam redid uh, one of my favorite old country artists of all time, Johnny Horton, who sang in 1814, we took a little trip but down the Mississippi mm-hmm. to the, no wait, down with Colonel Jackson. Anyway, you know, he'd sung about 1814. So he also sang, I'm a honky-tonk man, and I can't yeah. seem to stop. Dwight Yoakam redid that song. It's he did good. good? Yes, it's good. Also love Bakersfield. Makes me think of you, Jerry. Bakersfield. Bakersfield's is an awesome song. It's a good one. I like Dwight, and I liked his role he did in a, a Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Like them French fried taters. <laughs> I've realized that I, my imitation of your father is pretty much a Sling Blade. Jerry, there's a big old chicken out in the front yard. You might call it emu. I call it a chicken. There ain't no <laughs> gas in it. I'm gonna go kill it. Gabby, Gabby. <laughs> You got any of that banter? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's let's go ahead and get to that banter. Dude, we like them. Here's your daddy. Big ones. Um, get to that big banter. <laughs> big banter. <laughs> I don't know what big banter you want me to have. Um, uh, this was something I saw at one time that kind of confused me. Mm-hmm. You have <laughs> you have Orson Welles, H.G. Wells. George Orwell. Tell me the difference. I get confused all the time. George Orwell wrote that book, 1984. It's about being suppressed. Ideas, thought, thought police. (laughs) Who wrote, who wrote the time machine? That was that one dude. That one wrote about the Martians coming down. HG. Earth. Who? HG. That was HG. Yeah. HG. (laughs) He was related to AG. Confused. And, uh, animal farm. That was Orson Welles. (laughs) No. Orson Welles was a uh, uh, red. Was it red rose? No, that, that was George. George wrote that. I'm sorry, George. Or- See, there's too many Wells. H.G. Orson. I can't, I can't stop using this voice once it's start. Wells Fargo. I don't know which one's those, which. Wells Fargo's. Those are the guys that wrecked the economy back in 2008. <laughs> All right, Jerry, snap out of it. Let me slap you. <laughs> snap out of it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Gets going sometimes. That's the voice of your father. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, dad. Dad loved. 
Dad loved loved. Uh, there's only like a handful of shows that weren't military based that he liked. One of them was Sling Blade. The other was The Water Boy. Gary, yeah, you know I loved you, writing, son. I never said yeah. that too very often to you. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I usually pretty just much it. give you like a slight head nod, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on? I kind of, you know, relate my love to you like that Nicolas Cage gif from Gone Air. <laughs> a wink and a slight nod. Then I went outside and killed some emus. What what did what did Nicholas Cage in Conair, what did he call his daughter? He referred to her as something. Hummingbird. Hummingbird. That's my, right. My little hummingbird. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. I just couldn't I, I it was bothering me for a minute. It was bothering you that you didn't know what Nicolas Cage called his daughter? No, that was like something yeah, they do that in films where they'll have like you remember Star Wars, the Rogue One. He called her Stardust or something like that. The oh, dad. They, yeah. they do that with father figures. You'll, you'll notice in movies, they'll use a father figure to try to build up his fatherly figure. Instead of him just being a good dad, they'll have him have a nickname for said child. Yeah. I may not have always been there for you, but I did call you my little suds bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Buttercup. Buttercup. Which no, no real dad calls their kid that. They call them something else. They'll have a they'll have a nickname for their child that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> butterfly, you're my little butterfly. No, that's too that's too uh, that's too on the nose. It's something weird. I'll be ill, Ill my, my little Jaquita banana. <laughs> something <laughs> yeah, something something stupid. It's always something stupid. Like uh, burnt toast. <laughs> burnt toast. You're my little burnt toast. Yeah. All right, um, seventeen horrifying myths about hotel rooms. That are 100% true. Now, can it be a myth if it's 100% true? I don't know how I can. No, I don't know. Uh, that's that weird. doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Number one, Jerry, this is for you as one who always uses this item every time I go to BGG Con in the room. You got a guess? Okay. I, uh, uh, the, I use this item? Yes. The, re- the refrigerator? Every morning. The coffee maker has never been washed. Oh yeah, that's why I wash it. You you wash the coffee maker? Yeah, I bring my apple cider vinegar. I run that through to kind of delime it a little bit, and then I make sure that there is no bacteria in there because I run hot water through it once. Then uh, I'm good to go. I feel pretty good. I know it's not completely clean, but it's good enough for my purposes. The mini bar secretly charges you. Now, like, who doesn't know that? Everybody knows that. I Nobody uses the mini bar. We don't have that type of no, money. I bring my own gallons of liquor. I, there is a bar uh, that, that caters to short people would be called a mini bar. <laughs> Wouldn't it? That would be a neat place to go. It's I like you can't know. come in. You're too tall. This is for people five, six and under. Too tall, Jones. This ain't for you. Wait for you. The remote is the dirtiest object in the room. Who doesn't know that? Uh, false. False. That's it's what it not says. the remote. It's, hey, it's the comforter. I'm it's reading, the comforter. I'm reading it's to the you comforter. from travel. Take those comforters off. They will not comfort you. That's yes, where that's you hit, get the clap. That's true. Uh, how do you fix the clap? <laughs> uh, like, like clapping? Like 
antibiotics? What are you talking about? I don't know. What are you talking about? Are you talking about chlamydia? <laughs> Clamdiddly? Yeah, yeah. Mm, Clamdiddly, bambalam. Whoa, clamdiddly, bambalam. Put your clap on it, bambalam. That's the uh, theme song to Sporadically Bored, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, someone could hack the lock to your suite on those swiper cards. Mm-hmm. The sheets are not as clean as you think. That goes along with what yours is. Yeah, I've always heard that you uh, you don't want to use that top that top uh, what do you call it bedspread sheet the bedspread the the cover comforter. comforter yeah I always bring my own sheets unless the sheets there are dirty because then I would be sheet out of luck. <laughs> Get it? Because the sheets. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Sheets out of luck. Yeah. How are sheets? How do sheets have luck? Uh, well, have you ever had nice sheets like well, those four thousand count Egyptian cotton sheets? Or what if you uh, like smoke and fall asleep and a cigarette burns a hole in it? And then you got holy sheets. <laughs> that wasn't funny. Although I am mildly chuckling. Uh, there could be a hidden camera. Hmm, that's pleasant to think about. I don't care if somebody watches me. <laughs> you want to see my big old butt walk around that room? Go right ahead. The room will never look as good as it did online. That's not really horrifying. This says seventeen horrifying myths. So far, I've this yet is, to be horrified. This is, this is not. This is not good banter. This is like where's, slightly. Where's the, where's the good banter at? This banter here's subpar. Subpar. Speaking of subpar, the tap water may not be safe to drink. Mm-hmm. If walls could talk, every suite could have a story. This is terrible. This is terrible. Some people call it the Ramada. I call it the Ramada. <laughs> That's dumb. That is so dumb. I don't know why I laughed that hard. You know, uh, as uh, since we've not been together recording a whole lot, except in uh, like my uh, banter segment in my uh, journal I keep, is getting pretty small. It's getting pretty small. I've got to like start doing some more research. They called it Hotel 8, but there's just one. <laughs> I give it a one out of ten stars. Are we gonna just do a sling blade voice all day? That's your dad. That's your dad's voice. Okay, I want to be your dad. You ask me some questions, okay? Okay. Uh, why did you love your my sister more than me? Well, I mean, she was a little bit better than you were. No, no offense, son, but uh, I mean, you went into nursing. My sister's a nurse too, by the way. But she's a girl. See. <laughs> That's a good one. Actually, I want to talk about my sister. She's actually uh Me too. Taking- I always prefer talking about your sister. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually my sister's uh, an RN as well, but she uh works in the emergency room at one of the larger cities there in Oklahoma, Oklahoma. And she has gone down to New Orleans to do the um I guess they're having a lot of pretty serious outbreak there. And they put a call out for all the nurses to come do the ICU, vent nurses and such. And that's where she took off to. Wow. Ah, Seems so pretty high risk. There. Yes. Uh, we had that we had that discussion. And uh, she says, My kids are, are my kids is are grown and so there you go. She says, I, I can go do stupid risks. And I'm like, now, ah, my kids are little. This may be a crass of me to ask, but was this out of the goodness of her heart or a big paycheck? Uh knowing my sister. Probably the money is motivation, <laughs> but 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 strangely you, enough, you, you I don't you also know your sister, to, but I do know you. 
You have to know my sister also is that she's the type that she likes to be in the thick of everything. Like if there's something bad going on, the motivation to be where it's at, she's she's always there. She, she was one of the no, few. F- she's one of the few female uh, applicants. I think I like fifteen hundred to be accepted into the Alaskan State Trooper program. She oh, went. I seen them yeah, on TV. Like, Yes, she 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 was one that like uh, went for the training, and she ended up uh, like rupturing. But then she a, just decided she wasn't that Inuit. No, she, no, she was into it. Uh, she just ruptured her or uh, something, messed Sling. up her shoulder during the training, oh. and though they washed her out and said come back again next year, and then she ended up never going back. She said she thought about it and decided she didn't want to move to Alaska. Yeah, that is admirable of your sister because I'd be like, uh, no, I'm good. I'm really, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take the chance of possibly dying. And quite frankly, the amount of money, there is no amount of money I think I could be paid to go work in an ER or an ICU without proper protection. And that's a lot that's facing a lot of the nurses now because the shortages are getting worse and worse. So, but anyways, that's, that's a side point. Yeah. You were talking about something that you know to hard merge this out of things that aren't, aren't topical depressing? because so far, like yeah, like this is this is it's two o'clock. It's in the hard. It's hard not to talk about the stupid thing because we're living it twenty four seven. Well, look, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm one whiskey in, and you've already brought up my dead father, my crazy sister, <laughs> and you're that, making son. me do my sling bro- blade voice. Son, and I I've only save my you. sling blade voice. For special occasions. (laughs) Well, you asked me why I preferred my daughter over you, and well, I mean, you know. I only use my sling blade verse for me and my wife's anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Some some call it cubic zirconia. I call that a nice ring. (laughs) My sling blade voice is terrible. It's not even spot on. It's just humorous to hear people try. You're talking about a game. That you and Charday played that you fell out of love with. No, no, no that you and Mike, Mike played and didn't like. Okay. I like I care. Like I can't even tell them apart. So They're spe- always Mike, Crystal, Charday. <laughs> if it's not me, it's not me. That's all I know. That's true. Speaking of, uh, you know, we talked about colonialism uh, here in the recent past. Well, we had played in in, da- in Danger. No, not Danger Mouse. Did you ever watch Danger Mouse? I did. I didn't like him. Because aren't all mice in danger? Just Danger Mouse stature? was a spy, and he was a cool mouse with a British accent. Mm, just because they have a British accent doesn't mean that they're... Uh, uh, it does pretty much make it cool. Like, I mean, you can have a British accent, and you automatically sound more intelligent than any Southerner from America. Oh, I don't think so. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> you, I beg to differ. <laughs> See here, governor. See here, governor. You know they often relate like the southern voice to like uh you know British like the like that type of southern. I do declare, governor, because they don't say the R's much like the English does. They they make terrible pirates. I do declare, governor, as opposed to I do declare, governor. But that's like a Georgia, Georgia Southern draw. And unfortunately, me and you don't have that fancy Southern. We got the redneck Southern sound. Yeah, and we don't even have that deep uh, Texas draw like the the Matthew McConaughey. With <laughs> no, like, you know, soothing yeah. to hear as I drive my Lincoln Cadillac. No, my all Lincoln right, Cadillac. Right, right. My Lincoln Town car making sticks. Come on down. Come on down for a barbecue. I'll put on some nice uh, brisket. <laughs> that's know. a pretty good McConaughey. I think Fix that's your you best up. voice so far. Fix you up, right? 
that's pretty good. I've never You're heard welcome. you do that before. Again, I always do that on my anniversary. The wife loves <laughs> a little McConaughey. Okay, okay, Jen, close your eyes. <laughs> all, all right, all right, all right. We're Appreciate you being married to me for about 15 years. Oh, oh okay. That was terrible. Not, Go ahead. Next, <laughs> what, what did you not like about Endeavor? Um, We had played it like a week before. Like we broke it back out. We kind of relearned it, played it. Uh, now we do Mike and his family they play the the big generous map I guess the four and five player side and uh you start off and you know you pick your building and you can ramp your stuff up and then you put things out there and you can either uh put your stuff on the shipping lanes and when you first start off you have to go to the shipping lane before you can start uh going to the like the land areas right on the edges of the map you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Shipping. I know exactly what you're talking about. Or you can put them on the ships, but the only ships there are are on the main. I don't know all the, what it's all called, but basically my point is, on the second play of the game, like a week later, we're playing the game. It's like you start off, and you're shipping because you can only ship. Or and then you want to go for those blue chits. It seems like they give you an automatic, you know, reward or something you can do a second time or, you know, bump something up or whatever. And it just seemed very like on rails to us. Cause it's like, yes, we need to do this first. We have to do this first. And you have to go to the shipping lane to be able to go to, uh, I forget what it was called when you go to the land markers next. Like you have to be mm-hmm. invested first before you have influence. You have to have influence in the land before you, uh, in the shipping before you can go to the land. It just, it just seemed very on the rails. And like, we were kind of bored on that second game. And all three of us meet, we're like, hmm, it doesn't say the only interaction is like, if you get the cannons about, you know, the third, fourth, fifth turn, then you can cannon people out of there. there there's some conflict, but you don't, <laughs> you don't get anything for that other than the points. And it's just <laughs> cannon people out. <laughs> just, it didn't, it didn't. Can, can, can I bother you to leave? <laughs> it, it just, I don't know. It really, uh, we were very unimpressed that last play. And we're like, huh. We think, I have three thoughts about this. We think uh, we might one, be done. I'll, I'll, I haven't played it in a while, so I'll leave that. But also. I, I'll leave that to your discretion. But like also, the, like the last couple turns, like someone had bought all the, uh, yeah, and, and like yeah. there were no you all of our spots were covered, so you had to cannon somebody out. That sucks being bought out of yeah. <laughs> so it's just <laughs> I don't know. We found it very blah Lean, the last time. Linear, linear is the word you're looking okay, for. Okay, linear. So second second point is as I don't mind games that are necessarily linear in their strategy to to a degree. Um, one being like Puerto Rico, they found out years after people had played hundreds of games of Puerto Rico that there are certain moves that are just obvious. If this person does this, you must do this. And so there are games out there where the strategy is very, this is this is o- the obvious way to make the moves. Right. And so I don't necessarily mind that to a small degree. I haven't played Endeavor in a while. But also to defend the game, just because I'm going to play devil's advocate, there's like six different modules in that game that add to it and that will shake it up that I'm sure you didn't add to it because you've been playing the base game. And so 
you're playing the vanilla version of it. You need to add you need to add some sprinkles to that. That's true. Uh, we'll do that in about four months from now when we can finally get back together. There you go. So I, I I understand one of the games that I have been playing a lot on the app because I can't play Brass solo. I've been playing the old version of Brass on the app, and I noticed something. I was wishing they would update that to like Lancashire. Or- I, they, they they won't. But this iteration is not bad. But what's going on? What's going on with it is that the game, the computer makes the same moves. Like there are certain moves that it knows if it goes first, second, or third, it's going to build in these spots every single time. And I played the, the app so much, thing. I know they're going to build over here on the east side and the south side, and then the second turn, they're probably going to try to build up north to Scott. They're going to build up north. They they do the same tactic because the computer knows unless you've occupied this spot. This is the best move. And that gets very frustrating because what I have found is that unless I purposely go, all right, now I'm going to play over here and mess the computer up, the strategies are the same. Yeah. And that's that can be frustrating. And I think that's a, that's a valid point with games that have a very linear style of play. And I think Endeavor is probably one of those. I just haven't played it in so long. I'd like to give it another shot and then try some of those modules. And I think it's smart that a game has modules that add to the game so that when players play the base game and they go, oh, this is kind of samey. Let's throw this in. Let's try something new. Quick question. Because I've noticed that as well. Speaking of apps, I've noticed that with Raiders of the North Sea. Like the computer always does this thing first if it can. Like mm-hmm. it always like hires immediately. It will hire, you know, the Vikings. And then it like will go. It just, it kind of follows the same suit every time. So obviously I'm thinking, well, the computer <laughs> is going through all these calculations and it knows the optimal move, right? So I'm always trying to watch the computer saying, what is it doing? I should try to emulate that next time I play. You've played a bunch of brass. Did you do that when you played against me this last time? Uh, no, no. This this brass. I haven't used the brass app for a long time. Uh, okay. I will say that playing this app, even though it's the old version, has given me some ideas. Like I have realized now that building in these certain areas tend to give you a step up, and that in the first area er- error, that building uh-huh. connections is not that important. Uh, yeah. That's really something you should really focus on on the second era, making those rails. And so it, it, yeah, which is was obvious, but I didn't realize how powerful it was to make your opponents build canals in that first era, and you just benefit from them. And then the second era, be so focused on rails and how many points that can score you. It, it, it was just interesting watching the computer do the calculations for me and make these moves. And I've been stomped by the computer many, many times, and then been then you know playing in a similar tactic have given it a run for its money. And that's one of the things I don't like playing against a computer because the computer won't make mistakes. Yeah. The computer is always going to make the most optimal It's move. no gobby. And <laughs> Yeah, and I do like the fact that I can almost sit here and think, okay, the, the app is probably going to do this. Whereas when you're playing against a human, con- a human, they're going to throw you a wild card every once in a while that you're not expecting. And, and I used to say this when I used to play poker, Texas Hold'em all the time is that one of the worst things that you could do is play against somebody who doesn't understand the value of their cards and money because they'll bet so wild. Yeah, Enrique. Enrique used to drive me insane. Enrique would bet wild on stuff and end up having nothing 
And then he would bet so conservatively on <laughs> cards that were were actually. And you think he's really got something? Good. He ain't got nothing. When he got something, he ain't got nothing. Yeah, and so they throw you off, and that's part of the joy of trying to just read people. And Enrique has a very, very obvious tell that he every time we play poker, he ends up just freaking out on me and begging me. You mean to tell when his him what eyes get super is. wide and he smirks? No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He just no. He has a very obvious tell. You could tell. That he's confident in what he has. Oh yeah, he gets that cocky look on his face. He has that. That mustache starts wiggling. <laughs> he, starts, and he, just, he starts twirling the end of his mustache. Yeah, yeah. has that Fu Manchu going. Yeah. So, and, and it, anyways, that so I wanted to, to discuss. Your, oh, go ahead. Go ahead first. You were, you were talking about games that you originally played, liked, and then have kind of come to right. fall out of love with. Right. I myself have played many games here recently. That after considering, I fell out of love with them. One was Leaving Earth, that solo game, which I sent mm-hmm. to our recent uh, recent person we had Guest. on our podcast, Soul Train Christian. I sent him uh, Leaving Earth because I'm it's a sick solo. Of this. You have it, huh? I'm sick of this game. Here, you play it. Pretty much because it's a nice game. I like the game. I always wanted to play it. Like when yeah, you, you first got it, you you, ca- you sung its praises. You would hate it. Oh, okay. I, I know I know enough th- to know that I'm not going to waste my time um, trying to teach you this game. And plus, after I've taught it to you, you're going to play a few rounds of it and go, yeah, this is fine. I don't really like it. And, and the reason I say that is that it's a bunch of basic multiplication. And you pretty much do the same thing over and over and over you're, there is not m- many choices in what you're going to do. It's 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 not so it's not there's not a lot of logistics. The strategy is pick door number one, door, door number two, door number three, and once you've picked that, you pretty much know what you need to do to get there. It's just the path that you travel. I enjoyed the game, and to, to give the listeners a little feedback on it, Leaving Earth is about the space program in the '60s and '70s. You're utilizing money to buy these. Uh, technology cards and the whole game comes across of building a rocket that can get you to this spot in the universe whether it be the moon whether it be the mars whether it be to the outer planets whatever it might be to accomplish this specific mission and while you're doing that you shuffle these success cards into a stack and so some of these success cards are also failures and so you have to test your rocket so many times taking the top card off this deck to see oh was it a success was it a failure until you get an it's like push your luck until you get enough confidence in this deck of like okay i've weeded out all the failures in this deck now i'm going to launch my rocket so that i don't put neil armstrong on a rocket and then try to land him on the moon and i pull a failure card and he crashes into the moon and now we have to have a memorial service for neil armstrong so yeah, that that was the basics of the game. And so once you've He'd played be a it, flat mooner, a flat mooner, and you know how I feel about flat mooners. Oh, I hate people who don't have nice butts. Let's say how it is. <laughs> if you don't have, um, I hear you, you like big butts, and you can't lie. And that's a nice uh, that's a nice uh, principle to have because <laughs> that way you know if somebody likes big butts, then you know they're an honest person because <laughs> hence they cannot lie. Uh, that being the case. After you have played Leaving Earth enough times, you're done with it. That should be like a and poker I, move. Like, excuse me, sir, your opponent. Um, do you like big butts? 
Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> what are you holding in your hand over there? Oh. Well, oh, I've got three of a kind. I cannot lie. Just because you cannot lie doesn't mean that you can't withhold information. Oh, well. Well, then oh, you, you got to know when them. to withhold information. You got to know when to when withhold to information. Them. Know when to fold them. I can't believe Kenny Rogers died. Actually, I can't oh, believe I Kenny Rogers died because he he's not old. immortal. He we kind of expected he would die at some point. I mean, honestly, that's why it's, it's sad. But like once you get about 70, which seems young, the closer you get to 70. But, you know, 70, you're doing pretty good. 80, you're yep. doing really good. That's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 85, something happens. It's like, eh, okay, I understand. As we have promised numerous times that we are going to do a pod snap about Picard, it really bothers me that Picard is 80 years old and that they were so blatant in naming a series after him. Mm. Like, what if Patrick Stewart kicks the bucket? Mm. He's 79, 80 years old. I mean, he's not no spring chicken. They could always weaken the Bernie him. No, you can't do that. You can't CGI Picard. Just hold him up like Riker's just like always got his arm around him suspiciously. (laughs) (laughs) That would be weird. That would be super weird. And like everything they ask him is always like a yes, no question. (laughs) It it has three lines. Yes, no, and engage. (laughs) They just like throw his arm out in an outward motion. (laughs) Uh, I'm waiting for Star Trek Wesley. That's what I want to see. Star Trek uh, Crusher. Star Trek Crusher. Star Trek oh. Smug. You know what I'm saying? Oh. oh, thanks. So, are there any other games? Like, okay, I've kind of, you've, uh, we talked about Endeavor. I haven't fell out of love with it, but I have slightly fell out of love with it, and that is Viticulture. I still enjoy it. I still play it, but it's like, I've kind of played it to its peak, but that's different though to me than like Endeavor. Endeavor, I've only played four times now. And on this fourth time, I was like, hmm, I don't really like the way this works on this linear fashion, as you say. Whereas Viticulture doesn't really have that other than you say, you can, well, you kind of go, you got to plant your cards first and you got to harvest your cards and you got to reap them and make wine. So obviously there's a kind of a path to follow, but you could go heavy on the visitors, etc. But I don't know. I just, Viticulture is one of those, I guess you would say I've kind of fallen out of love with. It doesn't have me as enamored as I once was. Right. And I think that's an important, that's an important uh, aspect of a game is how many times can you play it until you fall out of love with it? And I, I know there's a lot of people that'll play a game, they'll be blown away by it. And then like the second, third, fourth time they play it, it's like, it's, it's, gone downhill mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important that you play a game to fruition and unfortunately that couldn't be 10 plays 20 plays 100 plays i think that you got your money's worth out of viticulture as much as you've played it and so it's obviously a game that we would still recommend i still think viticulture is a great game. Well, definitely uh, it's the games that you play that after only a few plays you are done with them Yes. Like you, you're going to do the same thing over and over. And I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And there's no need to continue on. And I think replayability is a big deal. Speaking of which, and this might be for various other reasons, but London, which I was touting as I had like, I was like, and I, London is an amazing game. I love London. Mm -hmm. There are people that point out its flaws, but I really enjoyed it. What burns me on London is I have tried. I have even researched methods 
of enhancing your card play. I have tried everything in the world to beat Mike, and he destroys me every time, like nearly lap. He's a freak with London. He gets the engine going, gets those stacks going, runs his engine, and he's just, the last time we played, I was like, that's it? I'm never playing you again, Mike. Would you say that he's the werewolf of London? Uh, Uh, Yeah, Mike is a freak. He is a freak. When it comes to building an engine and getting that stuff going, Mike has this economic mind that is just, it's unfair. It's unfair to play against him. Me and his wife, we will team up against him. She does better than me at beating him. But when it comes to London, it's like we're always 20 points behind him as hard as we try. And I've tried like three or four different strategies. And nothing, nothing beats that guy. It's frustrating. I know, but there, there is something very, uh, it, there's something very interesting watching somebody who has maxed out on a game. Like that is their game, and they're playing it on a certain level. I remember playing Glory to Rome with a guy at BGG, and his wife warned me, "This is his favorite game. That's all he does is play this game. He will blow you away." And I was like, "I just want to watch him." I just want to play the game with him and watch and see what he does. And I mean, he stomped me in a way I've never been thoroughly beaten in the game before. <laughs> and it was amazing to see that he every move he made was, every was he the best. It was the, it was the best. He, he did the right thing each and every time. And it's amazing. And I think that's there, there is something to playing the same game over and over until you have a mastery of it that I think the cult of the new miss out, misses out on. Well, that's one reason I liked Brass this last time we played it, because there are clearly many different ways to play that. And like, I've heard the Cotton Gin is the way to go, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems to be. I think actually so far, other than the time we played uh, Captain America at BGG and I freakishly won with my <laughs> rails and water boats or whatever, like you went heavy into Cotton Gin this time and you were like, you were just tanning it up. And I went, you were, I forget, your your money was rolling. You had tons of cash coming in and I was in debt the whole game. But yet at the end of the game, we were like eight points apart, five points apart. Yeah, it wasn't much. Like, I like that fact that brass just still, I mean, there might be a like primary way that you kind of want to go that's pretty obvious, but there are many other ways to go in that game that it, it still is. keeps it close. It is. And that's why Brass will be one that I'll never fall out of love with. It, it, it is just one of those games that I, I know personally it'll be a game that I'll play for years. And no matter how many times I play it, it's probably going to always stick around because each and every time, just because of the design of the game, it's going to be different depending on who I'm playing. Unless I play the same person every time and they get the same hand of card every time and they do the same thing each time, it's never going to alter my strategy, which that will just never be the case. Yeah. But uh, it's why Brass is awesome. It's good. Anyways, I got to get off here. All right. I got to get off here. And uh, I hope that all of our listeners are doing well. Hope you're doing well. Send us an email at boardgamestobs at gmail.com. Yeah, daddy. All right. All right. All right. All right. I got to go. Bye. Uh, Jack. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. 